You're listening to a Roddenberry Podcast. Well, if the episode is only 17 seconds and we've got an hour, I guess we'll review it 211 times. It's Monday night, it's 7 p.m., you're with us, and that can only mean it's time for Mission Log Live. I'm John Champion. And I'm Holly Amos. Tonight we are hiding in the nebula with Star Trek Picard Episode 3, 17 seconds. As always, we want to hear from you in the Facebook chat and live with us. You know what to do. Just click on the Zoom link or give us a ring by using the one tap from your smartphone or you can call us at 669-900-6833 and you enter the meeting code and password you see in the show notes. Yeah, so as you well know by now, we are waiting for you to line up in the Earl Green Room. You can chat with Earl while you wait for us, because we've got a lot to cover before we get into the actual discussion of Picard tonight. There's a little Star Trek news out there in the world that we'll talk <laughs> about, too. Uh, but before we get to that, let's say hello to people who are in the chat. So right off, I see John Arminio. There's David. There's Narda. There's Mark. There's Tim. Uh, see, there's Heather. There's Dominic. Uh, there's Carlos. Uh, really glad to see that. Uh, let's see. Carrie says, hello, everyone. Spent all day catching up on Picard and Mission Log Live. So good to be back. And then, uh, yeah, Carlos said it right. Let's wait until we get to 17 seconds and then leave. Well, <laughs> I think we've gone. We've gone over. Yeah, yeah we've gone over our time uh, by now. <laughs> uh, Lisa says, any Star Trek cruisers here? Yeah. Ah, yeah, right there. One, right here, right here. Uh, let's see. And who else? We got James. We got, oh, Bob Amos. Oh, hi, Dan. <laughs> there he is. There's Paul. Uh, I think we'll have another Paul at some point. Uh, I think, yeah, I think both two Pauls at least are here. Uh, we're just waiting for a Paul Fecta to see if we get that. And uh, let's see, there's Mike, there's Amory. So glad to see all of you here tonight. So stick around because we will be talking about Picard Season 3, Episode 3, 17 seconds. But first, let me tell you what is coming up on Mission Log this week. Our regular Mission Log drop on Thursday. Voyager continues with Sacred Ground. I <laughs> beg your pardon? Sorry, Wait. it's a Kess episode. <laughs> I, uh, well, yeah, Kess is just in trouble. I, I we're going to talk next time here in the office because between that one and another one we're about to record, I, I need to get some of your opinions. Okay. We need to do a special Holly supplemental on Voyager, and it's going to be all about Kess. It's going to be all about Chakotay. Your other, but favorite. but then it can be about Blink of an Eye. Okay, fair. I still my favorite episode of all time. Of, of of all Voyager or no no well yes but also of the entire canon of the entire okay then we are definitely going to talk <laughs> all right make sure you're subscribing to us at YouTube uh, that would be youtube.com slash Roddenberry Entertainment or youtube.com slash Roddenberry Prod because there are playlists over there for Mission Log the Orville and Mission Log Prodigy and even though those two shows are in hiatus right now. Don't forget that we are dropping like special episodes from time to time. So Norman and Shar, they already did a, a review of episodes one through 10 of Prodigy on Blu-ray. And uh, over at Mission Log, the Orville, Jessica and Mike did a fantastic two-part interview with Brandon Braga. Don't miss those. And there's more coming. So make sure you're around for those. Uh, and as always, you can find the whole canon 
shall I say, of Roddenberry Podcast at podcast com. Check it out because all of our shows are there and all the platforms where you can find our shows are listed there. And if you don't see your favorite, send us an email and we'll make sure that our shows are added to your platform of choice. Now, uh, oh, by the way, just a, more in here. There's Char joining in uh, saying, hey, Mission Loggers. Uh, I guess Paul Fecta has been achieved. Yeah. Yeah, we have multiple Pauls. Thank goodness. Uh, Paul Wright says to you, Holly, hey, I love Kess, and you need to show up on After Dark, Holly. Maybe that would be a great place for you to join us. And, maybe. Uh, and talk Kess. I, I, I just, yes, maybe yes. Just, just I, I was not upset when she left. <laughs> well, we, we have so much to talk about with that. Um Yes, and then uh, let's see, uh, Anne-Marie, again, let's see here. David Takechi is saying to you, the thing about Blink of an Eye is it will be a while before they hit it. Meaning yeah, it's season mission log. six. Yeah, yeah. Although time will pass more quickly for the hosts. That is very true. That said, could be a total spinoff. Should be. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, all right, yeah. And Chris, backing you up, saying Holly tells it like it is. Uh, well, I, I'm not good at, like, hiding my feelings. <laughs> I'm very enthusiastic about things, yes. but I'm also very much like, if I don't like something, like I don't cover it up. You do not. You do not. <laughs> I re- uh, appreciate and respect that about you. And there, there's Mark saying, Kess leaves. Spoilers. Oh, my apology. There's a whole <laughs> character in this show that we're talking about that replaced her. It's not a spoil. Wow. All right. Look, I don't want to waste too much time because we do have callers lined up currently. We've got three. We've got six callers lined up already. That means, though, I mean, there is definitely time for you. If you have not called us yet, we will get you in. I promise. There's a lot to talk about in this episode. But, Holly, very quickly before we get to the recap and our notes, uh, Star Trek Discovery. Yeah, it's uh, it's given us a last hurrah. Yeah, yeah. And it looks like we're spreading that out into next year. So yeah. season five mm-hmm. will be its final season. And that will wrap, that will finish airing, I should say, in 2024. Right. So we've got time. We have at least a year until we see the final episode of Star Trek Discovery season five. Um what was your sort of immediate reaction to that news? I'm curious. Uh, not surprised. I mean, for a lot of different reasons. I am a little bit disappointed that we ended up in like the the, the far future and that mm. we're not like it was no longer really a prequel in that respect. Mm. Um, because I was one of the people that was very much like, I kind of want to go forward. And, you know, now Picard is 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 in the aftermath of of what we uh had watched um which i love but they're like way in the way far future and i thought that like they, it was like a new playground of storytelling yeah. and so i'm a little bit disappointed but i'm also not surprised um i feel like sometimes when when the actors become more successful Sonequa, uh, it gets harder for them to shoot it. So, but you and I were discussing how we always feel like if it's more than three seasons, which the original series was, it's a success. It's a success, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, it went longer. It's gone longer than than Enterprise with five. So, yeah, yeah, for real. I mean, the the trade off is they are shorter seasons, but I also feel like you know we're getting these big epic stories with huge production values so it's almost like making their own mini series pros and cons either way right 
you know, no matter how you look at it. Lisa asks, uh, when does season five of Disco start? Has it already started? It has not. It's not. Uh, it will be pushed back either. I mean, they haven't announced dates, but they're saying that it ends in 2024. So maybe it will start late 2023. Maybe it will start early 2024. Not really sure. Um, but that said, um, I feel like if this were the only series on right now, it would be a much more bitter pill to swallow. Right, because well, Discovery sort of fell, obviously, like it being the first show premiered in 2017, and that was all we yeah. had. And it was the first thing that we had after a long while. Uh, you know, if it was the only thing right now, I'd be a little bit disappointed. But it's definitely fallen down the ranks for me personally mm-hmm. of of my favorite Star Trek stuff that's going on right now. So, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and and that's fair. I mean, there are a lot of people who love disco, and that might be their number one show, but you've got a lot to pick from. And as we've always said when we started Mission Log Live, like audiences will find the show that speaks to them. I think this is a success. Getting through five seasons is a success, and being able to wrap your show is a success. So um, it's not like the old days where you had seven seasons of 26 episodes each. Those days are long gone. Um, I kind of like it when things end. I mean, not to talk about that other franchise, but I was really happy when they said that Andor will run three seasons it takes place the five years before Rogue One. Right. And then we're done. And then that, yeah. that story ends. <laughs> you know? yeah, well, that, it's uh, also good that, that, that they are getting an ending, you know, because yeah. shows, not so much now. Well, I mean, no, that still happens now where they just get canceled out of the blue. And right. especially if it like ends on a cliffhanger. God. I know shows that end on it. I am still super bitter about Odyssey five back in the day ended on a cliffhanger and then it got canceled after the first season. So at least they get to tell the story and it's, and they know that it's going to end. Yeah. And they get to close it out and be respectful of the story. That's, you know, that's a win. Yeah. Yeah. So I, you know, again, sorry for uh, all fans of Discovery to see that go, but I think we should also be very glad that there is just so much Star Trek. And this kind of gives the flexibility to the production calendar to bring the next thing, you know, let Strange New Worlds, let it go three, four, five seasons. Uh, Lower Decks, let it go four, five, six seasons, maybe. But then we start to fold in those other newer shows that will come next year and beyond mm-hmm. so we yeah. I, I think we'll, i think we'll be okay my I dad said and i will have a lot to talk about my dad said gee there's no shows left uh that holly co-hosts <laughs> <laughs> it's okay dad there will no, be more we, we will have you back for sure for sure all right uh and oh i, I do want to read this uh we've got some comments from scott palm uh listener friend of the show and uh definitely wanted to get his thoughts in early so we can drop him in he says i'm having a rough time with this i just started caring for these people forgive me for getting for for getting her name but human trill is this it for her will saru have a love life what about zora well i i I get you scott and i think those are good questions and i feel like now that they have the knowledge that they wrap things up a year from now there's time to tweak there's time to tell those stories there's time to flesh things out and hopefully we will all be satisfied and remember Star Trek never really goes away between the shows, the graphic novels, 
the novels, the online community, fan fiction, movies one day, who knows? Like, it doesn't just stop. So I hope there will be more. Yeah, there will be. Don't worry All right. about it. Well, speaking of more, <laughs> if you will indulge me, I will blaze through the... Uh, oh, hey, welcome, Ryan. Glad to see you. Glad to see you. Uh, I'm going to blaze through the uh, the recap here of Star Trek Picard Season 3, Episode 3, 17 seconds, and then we will all have a big discussion about it. When we left off last week, the Titan crew were doing everything they could do to shake the Shrike. That was probably a hit dance record. In the Nebula, they caught a break, finally, in a quiet spot to start repairs and hopefully warp to safety when the time comes. Which brings us to a flashback to some years before. Picard and Riker sitting in Ten Ford sharing a toast of Riker's recently born son Thaddeus, and the harrowing 17 seconds between the Titan's bridge and sickbay when Riker thought his son might not make it. In that moment, when nothing else mattered, he knows he became a father, a feeling that may not be too late for Jean-Luc to have. Back to the present on the Titan, crew members watch for any sign of the Shrike, others need to take a nap, and Beverly and Picard need to clear the air, which they do, and it's not exactly pretty. Jack is their son, the product of a shore-leave rendezvous, which left her pregnant and terribly worried about how to protect him. So she hid him from John Luke. Jack didn't grow up with a father, nor did he seek him out once he learned the truth. Where that leads us now is a mystery. Beverly and Jack have been attacked by one group after another, and the Shrike is a heavily armed warship. The doctor assumes that they're really after Jean-Luc, not Jack. And as if right on cue, when one of the crewmen on watch is away from his post, Vatic shows up bearing 047, of course, to show down the Titan. Shots are fired, and the Titan and her captain take a beating. When Shaw is carried off to sickbay, leaving Riker in command, he and Picard pull off a smart maneuver with a photon torpedo and a phaser to knock the Shrike out of the way for now. Catching up with Raffi, she's sleeping off the previous night's run-in while Worf practices a little Makbara. When she awakens and tries to confront him, the Klingon sets her right. He's a subcontractor for Starfleet now, and he's her handler. Also, you're welcome very much for saving your life when the now headless Ferengi figured you out. Now on to the real suspect, a human called Titus Rika. He's the point person for whatever the next part of the plan is. Back on Titan, Captain Riker and his number one, Picard, debate their options. Riker is all for a strategic retreat to safety, but Picard is convinced that they need to show force and go on the uh, offense. Complicating things is the new informant that the nebula isn't just a cloud, but also somewhat biological, and science officer Tavine strongly recommends that they fly out the way they came in. That gives engineering precious little time to get the warp engines back online. When they do, the Shrike is right behind them and this time deploys a portal weapon that keeps moving the Titan to where she started every time they try to escape. It's not working and Riker has no choice but to re-enter the nebula. In sickbay, Shaw is in bad shape, but he gasps out a question when Jack approaches, how does Vatic keep finding them? And Jack has an inspiration. Like the blood trail that led to sickbay, Titan is leaking a trail of something. 
Jack seeks advice from the former Fenris Ranger on board, that would be Seven of Nine, about what it could be. How about vitrium gas that insulates the warp coils? That human warp is after Titus Rika. He's on Metallus Prime, and when Raffi and Worf track him down, it's short work to render him unconscious and get him back to La Serena for questioning. When they do, Rika seems to be suffering from some terrible drug withdrawal syndromes. While Seven and Jack investigate the uh, Viterium leak on the Titan, Riker and Picard continue to argue the best tactical option, go home or stay and fight. They better decide quickly because the deeper they run into the nebula, they are getting closer to a crushing gravitational well. But at least the Viterium leak is discovered along with the sensor that should have detected it, conveniently knocked out by deliberate phaser fire. When Jack tries to fix it, he's attacked by a crewman, the same one who was missing from watch when the Shrike appeared earlier. When he tries to fight him off, that crewman easily takes the punches thrown his way and knocks Jack's gas mask off. Also, he's like jelly, just morphing and bending like a changeling would. So that's the problem. Jack ends up in sickbay near death after Seven finds him. Similarly, as Raffi and Worf interrogate Rika, his withdrawal looks really nasty, like skin-crawling nasty, literally. He's like Jelly too, just bubbling and morphing like a changeling would, and Worf knows exactly what's up with the beings from the Great Link. When Rika can't take it anymore, he oozes out, but Worf takes the kill shot, one changeling, dead. He lets Raffi in on the background. After the Dominion War, some of the changelings formed their own terrorist faction, and they stole the portal weapon from Daystrom as a distraction for something far deadlier. To Daystrom Institute, they go. Finally on the Titan, that changeling who attacked Jack set a bomb that wiped out warp drive entirely. With no way to run, Picard's tactic is the only one left, turn and fire at the Shrike. Torpedoes away, but the Shrike just opens up another portal, and in the greatest game of stop hitting yourself, the Titan is on the receiving end of its own volley. Engines are out, leaving the Titan plummeting toward the gravity well, and leaving Riker with one last order for Picard to remove himself from the bridge. The end. Mm-hmm. A lot. A lot. That's a lot going on, and you probably have a lot of notes, and I probably have a lot of notes. <laughs> we're going to go to somebody else who has some notes for sure, and that is Chris. Welcome to the show, Chris. Hey, guys. Good to see you. John, good to, good to see you on the cruise. Was nice oh, to see me around there. I'm still sleeping it off, my friend. <laughs> I am still uh, sleeping, yeah. going home tonight and taking NyQuil out. <laughs> so, All right. I'm just going to I'm gonna rip the Band-Aid off. I'm not doing with Beverly. I'm not like I get her motivation. Her motivation mm-hmm. makes sense. I get wanting to protect Jack. Yeah. I get that Picard lives a very dangerous, very public life. I yeah. do not jive with her reaction to that motivation to unilaterally cut him out of her life. Oh, I think that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that was one of those great, rare, very adult moments in Star Trek where you, you just uh, cut straight to the heart both sides speaking their truths and we can understand where both of them are coming from. And you may side one or the other, but the, but it's absolutely true what both of them are saying. I think and that she's going to own up to a mistake too. It's a, well, it's a great, cause you can see both sides of it and mm-hmm. no one is, 
I don't know if I can say no one is wrong because I think probably I agree with you, Chris. I think that she probably should have told him um, and then probably had a conversation with him like, but keep it on the down low because I don't want anybody else to know because of reasons A, B and C that she that she told him. Um, But I think that's what's interesting about those scenarios is when it's not cut and dry and it's not black and white and you really have to. It's like a Tubix. Mm, No, Tubix (laughs) is very clear. Oh, for you. <laughs> no, I well, I, I want to know if both of you thought that this was shades of uh, David Marcus and the uh, the Kirk situation. Although, uh, when I think back to Kirk walking into that situation, and after you, you know both of them kind of got their asses handed to each other, uh, it's like, oh, is that David? Because it, it seems like he and Carol knew that they needed to make this decision together. Mm. And this is a very different thing, but I yeah. still feel like it has shades of that. Did, did I, you I kind think of make that kind of an argument can be made. It's been a while since I watched Khan, but I seem to recall maybe someone posted in the discord that Carol told Kirk, like she told him you have a kid. And she was like, I would prefer yeah. that you not talk to him. Beverly did not say anything. Yeah. Beverly ran the hell away, which is sort yeah. of my, issue but i could see that argument could be made because there's definitely like lots of con vibes in this whole thing nebula dark night of the soul for everybody yep like there's there's all sorts of that going on so i think that's possible but yeah, yeah like just, just tell him just tell him beverly like he may say no but it's fine he probably would have said no tbh but, <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> but like, or, or honestly it could have been a whole other life for picard there, there is something so uh just emotionally raw about him saying that he he might have been a different man and he doesn't know that that would have been the case 20 years ago. Like he never had the opportunity to make that choice. I think there's a, there's an interesting comparison to Rafi's ex-husband because in the first episode, he makes it very clear to her that he could have chose the life that they had or Mm -hmm. their child. And he chose the child. So like very clearly it's, people are able to make that decision and to change their lives for the betterment of their child and to help protect their child. And who's to say that, that Picard wouldn't have done that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's sort of like the whole point is right. You cannot condemn me before I made the choice or whatever he says. Um, But like, 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 I don't know that he would have, but you should have at least asked him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you another thing that I do like about this though. And that is, Okay, Beverly Crusher is this really amazing character, and she has just been this, like, paragon throughout all of Next Gen's history. She is this talented professional. She is a mother. She has had this kind of light, flirtatious relationship uh, with Picard. I think having a scene like the one that we got here it it shows that there can also be a huge break in her armor. That there can be like a tragic, potentially tragic mistake that she made that she may regret or, or have regretted for 20 years and maybe has to keep talking herself out of that regret. Um, so I think it's okay to humanize her in that way and also humanize Picard with this level of regret and hurt now that he has i mean how uh, uh, how intense was that 
when then she brings up his father, which we just saw that story play Mm -hmm. out in season two and just go, oh, I told you that in confidence. And now how dare you? How dare you? Yeah. I mean. Can I ask a question, though, about kind of the logistics of that scene? Because it was a phenomenal scene between Mm -hmm. those two. Yeah. Was anybody else distracted by the camera wobbling? <laughs> what? I didn't notice that. The was camera it? was wobbling. Like they're still, they're both standing in a room. They're still, the ship is presumably still. And the camera, it was almost like, um, I, it distracted me on a level of lens flare. Yeah. <laughs> I was I like, did. why is the camera moving? I did notice it because, look, you usually only do that for a couple of reasons. And that would be like... Attack? Yeah, yeah. If you're in a war zone and if you're trying to show the the kinetic energy of the, the world around you, or if you're doing that, like, fly on the wall, uh, I'm just the unseen observer here in the room, which this scene didn't really need no that's why i was a little bit i was so just i was so disappointed because i was like god this is such a good scene and then i was like really taken out of it because the camera was wobbling (sighs) a lot of people agreeing with you in the chat there uh char and paul uh other paul not not that paul but the other paul the other paul (laughs) uh yeah yeah uh lisa calling it moving pictures <laughs> um and then uh yeah and uh hello to you donnie by the way so yeah a lot of people are agreeing with you they definitely noticed it too um and, oh and then david interesting he says the camera is moving to simulate the uneasiness of you as a third party viewing a serious and traumatic scene oh i mean i that's a choice man that i was yeah. like am i drunk like <laughs> Yeah. What is going yeah. on? Isn't that like all film? Is you are always the third party watching the you scene. Are. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, that's yeah. a choice. It's yeah. I don't that not, not great for me. I got okay. really taken out of the moment. <laughs> and then Carlos says it's because the cameraman was crying. The cameraman was so moved. So moved. Yeah. Look, we have so many callers to get to. And Chris, I, I wonder any final thoughts uh before we move along? Yeah, on on a lighter note. John Van Sitters, because I know you're watching. You're always watching. <laughs> um, He's everywhere. That, le- that leather jacket that Picard's wearing in the flashback, I need that like yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. JVC, you hear that? Get on it. All right. Excellent. Chris, thank you very much for calling in. All right. See you guys. See you next time. Bye. Take care. Uh, okay. Oh, and then uh, Anjali says, uh, could the camera movement have been meant to show the nebula having an effect on the ship? Possibly, but it, it, it also seemed like they were in that kind of still time between the attacks until the next movement happened. You know? Regardless of why they made that choice, if it was an, like an actual choice that, I mean, Jonathan directed this episode and he's yeah. phenomenal. He's, he's always does a great job. Regardless of whether or not it was a conscious choice, it, it, it whatever it was trying to accomplish was not accomplished for me i was literally just like sitting here like why is the camera shaking well norman says blame frakes so yeah that's that's what 100 is jonathan's fault all right let's move along and let's talk to paul how's it going tonight paul good to see you 
Going great. Thanks, uh, uh, Holly. A great point you brought up on the parallels of watching Rafi and watching uh, Picard's relationships. I, I, I can't wait to watch that play out throughout the, 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 uh, you know, the relationships with their spouses slash yeah. girlfriends. Although, mm-hmm. you know, I, I got to stand up for Beverly Lil- a little bit. It was the fifth time they broke up. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, he, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I, I I felt he was sort of like going mansplaining nuts on her. And then I'm so glad they let her have the last word with, I didn't know if I could protect yours. Right. Yeah. What, I mean, just, as, as someone who has been in um, toxic relation on off relationships, that, w- that point that got made, I was like, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. I mean, there, that's the, and that's the, the, the crux of it, right. Is that, Every point that each one of them made as they were making the point, you're like, oh, yeah, I see that. And I'm kind of on your side now. And it was just a great scene because you didn't know whose side to take because they were they were neither one of them were wrong. Yeah. So and and they were both so emotionally vulnerable. That's what made that scene so beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder how many takes they had. That was amazing. Absolutely amazing. A lot of work there. Uh, The one, you know, star of this whole event, though, and and this is the episode that's really reeled me in. You know, the first two are like this introduction to this long movie. And this Mm -hmm. one's like, ooh, um, it's got to be Mindfulness Wharf. Right. He's like, (laughs) I've made some chamomile tea. I love it. And I'm not sure if I, you know, I. Do you trust this guy because he's changed so much or do you just figure he's had a real revelation? It's it's awesome. I, I'm just so happy. And he plus he looks uh, I, I don't know. I, I oh, think it looks, he looks like a million bucks. He really does. The, uh, wait, wait, we, we got a shout out, by the way, in fangirlish dot com, that blog uh, quoting you, Holly, about Zaddy Wharf. Oh, yeah. Zaddy. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, that's a hundred percent coming from that that word getting thrown around for I don't yeah. know how many of you are watching um well Mandalorian and The Last of Us, but that word is getting thrown around a lot for Pedro Pascal right now. And I was like, uh oh, it's the same oh. Zaddy Wharf. That's pretty go. funny. Yeah. Well and, and working, I mean, I have some quotes. The bigger the legend, the more disappointing the reality. Yeah, yes. I got that. Yes, and then yes. to come back with, oh yeah, I heard he's positronic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and we have worth wharf with the ultimate. I'm I'm working on myself as you always yes. have been. My, <laughs> so. Dorn's delivery of of yeah. like one line one liners that are absolute deadpans. Yep, and he's this always is the been, wharf that I like. Yeah, this been, is the wharf that I like. He's been so good at that his entire career, and now he's just got this new material, and it's 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 literally mindfulness, you know. So yeah. I know we're busy. We got a lot of folks. I got uh, let's see one more thing here. Um, I've had a little bit too much of all good things Picard in, in this, you know, mm. the previous two Picard seasons have been more of let's go get him Picard. This is like sort of whiny Picard. Oh, Riker, you know, do mm. this. And he's like, mm-hmm. and poor Riker's like, you know, now, yeah, just get the hell off the bridge. Um, okay. You know? <laughs> but can I make a point there though? Because I was talking to a friend about this and he's like, what if Riker is a changeling? Yeah. <gasps> Whoa. And I was like, okay, Whoa. okay, but at what point did he get swapped out? Because that would be important. Yeah. But I was, I was arguing that I feel like there was too much um, relationship familiarity for, for. I mean, because that was always the crux of it. Like they could, they could look like the person, yeah. but they couldn't have those, like the inside jokes and just the relational familiarity that was not something that's how they would get caught i mean aside from when they you know created the test for everybody oh but at, if you think that riker is acting 
outside of the parameters of what how we know Riker and you think that he's a changeling, which is an interesting theory given the developments, at what point did he get swapped out? That's oh. very yeah, good thinking. Now we yeah. need changeling Vosh to show up still. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, my last point is a big shout out to Dr. Aaron Mack, as always, um, dimensional folding weapon and the gravity well. Where's that going? And I, I actually I had to text her. I said, gravity well, eh? I like how this is going to finish up here. So I'll leave you with that. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, let's you're going to you got a great caller coming in next. So great nice. to see you. Thank you. Thank Look you. To see you Take again. Care. Thanks. Okay, oh, bye-bye. man, my, my mind is getting blown right now with this whole idea, the very thought of Riker being a changeling. And by the way, uh, uh, hilariously in the chat here, Brandon says, what if the camera is a changeling? That would explain the wobbliness. Maybe that's what's going on there. Oh, it's about to fall apart. It's got to it's got to liquefy <laughs> like, and recharge. That thing locked down. Yeah. By the way, I might actually have to switch cameras here at some point. I think mine is dying. But but uh, uh, what I want to do right now is uh, ask Cherie to hold off for just a moment. We are at the bottom of the hour, and now is the time that we get to say hello and thanks to our sponsor this week, a company that both Holly and I are very familiar with. It is Twink.com. But by the way, uh, we'll, we'll just get into it here. I'm gonna uh, actually, Earl. I'm gonna ask you to remove the b-roll for a second because i need to i need to take a sip here out of my card season three <laughs> mug oh mm. oh things taste so much better out of that and then here i'm uh holly while you talk about what you have i'm just going to enjoy my tasty cakes off my picard season three oh, plate. the plate not the yeah. not, we're not supposed to be paying attention to the cakes no Pay don't attention worry about to those yeah i just needed a little sugar pick me up in the middle oh they fell <laughs> that's my bad <laughs> Don't worry, they won't go to waste. Uh, These things look even better in person than they did on the website, so I'm very glad that they sent some because this is the kind of product that I like. And that would be... Functional. Yeah, functional and when it is the thing that you see on screen. On screen, screen, which is... By the way, yeah. Brent, super new for Star Trek. It's usually the other way around, and I love it. Yes, it's uh, incredible. So, Holly, what do tell I us have? what you've got. Yeah. Well, I'm wearing one of the sleep shirts. I'm really comfortable right now, you guys. So this is one of the sleep shirts. I also have my triple slippers on, and when you walk, they they coo, or they get angry. Uh, I'm pretty, <laughs> they, yeah, they make both noises. I also have one of my favorite functional things. Now, they only have the silver one on the website. I'm very fancy and have the gold one. But it's a pizza cutter. It's so genius. Yes. It's just a genius design. I I love the pizza cutters. There's also a Discovery one that I do not have, but... I wanted the fancy gold one, so I got the fancy gold one. You got the <laughs> fancy gold one. All right. So toink.com, that's the place to go. And uh, now we've got that beautiful B-roll footage running. And uh, they just have so many cool, fun, functional things. So, yes, you will find, you know, uh, statues and action figures and fun stuff like that. But you will also find costumes and you will find housewares. And they collaborated. Bags. Yeah, bags. All bags. Kinds of Their bags stuff. are fantastic. They are. And uh, they collaborated with the production. So that's why you find things like that plate and cup set uh, that are exactly what you see on screen. And the good people at Toink.com have actually uh, offered to Mission Log listeners and Roddenberry podcast listeners 
15% off your order. So if you go to Toink.com, look for all the Star Trek or other stuff. And if you use our code Roddenberry at checkout, you get to take 15% off. Uh, and that is in addition to all the other great features. So for example, you get a free gift with a $50 purchase. If you buy three, you get one free of certain products that are signified with a blue dot. Look for mm-hmm. that. And you can get, yeah, buy three, you get one free. So if you're buying multiples, then there you go. Um, and Holly, let's see, uh, some of my favorites. I mean, definitely the, uh, the bathrobes. What else do we have? on the list there uh well he finally yay because uh, i saw this when it was in development the vasquez rocks the 3d model which is great all of the dinnerware is super fun whether or not it showed up on screen he also has l cars which is delightful uh you have all your communicators there's all of the bags uh, he's, we're going to put on a robe right now, apparently. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Because when we show the robe, it's time for me to slip into the robe. And I like this robe very much. I have the waffle knit version that I love. And, uh, there it is. The little, the Starfleet Delta shows up beautifully. They also so. have organizing products. They do. That's made specifically for you, Holly. They have little decanter sets with (laughs) L-cards. Like the Venn diagram of Star Trek fanatics and professional organizers. (laughs) And right in the middle of that is Holly. (laughs) Yeah. So go to toink.com, use our code Roddenberry, uh, be good to them because they are good to us. And I just saw somebody post in the Mission Log Discord a bunch of the stuff they bought like the wall communicator and some of the organizing uh, boxes. So I was very glad to see that. So toink.com, use our code Roddenberry at checkout. Enough of that crass commercialism. Let's get back to the show and let us welcome Cherie, who has thoughts about this week's episode of Picard. Welcome, Cherie. How are Hi, you? Hi. Good. Good to see you. Good. Good. What is on your mind tonight? Well, I might have to buy some of those products. <laughs> like how John yeah. and I both ended up in like, like he's in a robe and I'm in a sleep shirt. So we're both just yeah, we're really chilling. comfortable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, for the episode, I know everybody really likes Fatic. I still kind of not sure how I feel about her. I don't think the acting is bad or anything or necessarily the character is bad. But for me, I'm just worried there's not going to be enough time because they brought back the changelings, which I'm super excited about. Um, but I know lore is going to be in there, and also Moriarty. And, like, mm. how are you going to address all of that and build an entirely new character? I'm just a little concerned there's not going to be enough time and someone's going to get short shrift. That's what I'm concerned about. Um, that is a good concern to have. We don't, like, we don't know if Vatic is a changeling, so yeah, I if she's a changeling, that could tie it in, and I could be I could be on board with that. So like I'm, I'm might... not saying I don't like her yet. I'm yeah. saying I don't yet know how I feel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, exactly, exactly. Um, one thing that I did like, and I don't know if it was a specific choice, but I also thought about her father, of course, playing Chang in Star Trek VI, uh, <laughs> late great Christopher Plummer. And he would do these fun things. Like sometimes he would go way over the top and like yelling, you know, cry havoc and let's let the dogs of war. But other times he would just be really cool and calm. And she was doing that when she would call fire. And again, and just like not make it a dramatic moment, which makes it even more dramatic. Uh, So I, I like what we're getting from her. But I'm like you. I wonder what more we'll get. 
what we'll learn about her. So, yeah. Just with the seasons being so short, I just concern about like. I think we always get concerned about, though, like because they have so many different threads that they start and then you're very cognizant of it only being you know, 10 episodes or whatever it is the season. And you're like, are we, are, are, are we going to get enough character development? Are we going to get enough to, time to tie all of these things together and, you know, wrap it up? And we talked about that in discovery a lot too, which yeah. is, you know, it's a fair concern because they haven't always neatly tied things up. <laughs> uh, David's got it figured out in the chat. He says episode eight is 19 hours long and the finale is 49 minutes. So. <laughs> <laughs> but at least That's it's not 17 seconds. Yeah, I, it's I, would be, I would be down for entirely second Dominion War part two. <laughs> I, 19 hours. I do. I mean, honestly, look, I, you know, I know that I kind of go back and forth on what's too much or what's not enough reference, how much of past Star Trek do I really need? And is some of this stuff fan service? I'm glad that this wasn't spoiled for me. And I'm glad that I had that moment of recognition and realization like, oh, wow, they're tying this into the Dominion War. The changelings are back. That that made it very cool. You know what? I think it was a really good balance of the not being so overboard with the references, but still mm-hmm. tying things into to things that we've seen in the past was Worf talking about Odo, but not mentioning him by name. Mm-hmm. Yep. Agreed. <laughs> Shree, any other thoughts? Uh, well, I, I also wanted to say that like about like talking about Beverly, um, I actually feel like she was always very an unsentimental character. It didn't mean she didn't care about people, but she was very much like Picard. And if, if it was necessary, right. she would do the most necessary thing, no matter what that meant for anything else. Um, so I can totally see her cutting out everyone mm. to do what she thought was necessary. Uh, that, cause that's like Picard. And that's why they got along so well. Cause they were, very like kind of on the same page as far as that like you do what you need to do um so i felt their personalities were very aligned in that way so that made sense to me that she would like cut everyone out um yeah agreed yeah agreed. all right well sheree thank you very much for the call tonight we will see you again as we continue yeah. picard i'm sure <laughs> take care have a great night thanks Bye. And uh, let us welcome to the show Brandon. Brandon, who uh, has been a longtime listener and uh, an occasional caller. Glad to that, see you, my friend. Is what, that Middle what? Earth behind you? That is Middle Earth behind of me, yeah. Of course it's Middle Fantastic. Earth behind him. Or a small segment thereof, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How's it going tonight? It's great. Um, you know, I was thinking, um, man, I, I hate, I feel like I come on and I'm like with Picard, I'm regularly kind of a negative nancy um (laughs) and uh i feel bad about that but not bad enough to stop i guess um because we got some there's some interesting it's somebody joked earlier that maybe picard is a changeling and i sometimes with like what we see him do what we see with a lot of the characters i'm like maybe they're all changelings maybe at the end they just all realize that they're all changelings (laughs) because we got such a shift from Picard and from Riker in this episode. I mean, the biggest thing that I'm thinking with Picard, this is the man who invented the Picard maneuver. This is the man who defeated Shinzon. And then this is the man who said, we need to fire directly into her face when her shields are up and she's completely expecting it and has a portal weapon. Mm. Mm. Um, And if 
everything we've got hadn't just been four torpedoes, then <laughs> that could have been a real, real problem. Um, and it's sort of a pattern I'm starting to notice that he's kind of wrong a lot. He's yeah. kind of like we, we're getting this hero painted as kind of a failure. And I'm curious what they're telling us with that because he gets told off by a lot of people pretty regularly he gets slapped around a lot um and he behaved towards Riker on the bridge and i'll let somebody else talk about Riker on the bridge but he behaved towards Riker on the bridge in a manner that he wouldn't have watched two other parties interact like without being like come over here what are you doing and i just yeah so and then that brings up more questions about what's actually happening here because well as holly pointed out we were talking about what if Riker. well if that's the case when was picard replaced when did it become the changeling version of him and what does that mean also what is the end game here and i i feel like this episode was great as far as raising the dramatic tension, getting me invested in the story, as opposed to the last two episodes, which just had me sort of fighting through all the references, you know? Yeah, it was um, a classic setup. It, it was, it was. But, but now I feel like I just finally got engaged by the story. But they keep telling us, okay, there's something more important than the portal weapon, and there's something more important than Jack. Uh, so if that's the case, well, if they've already got Picard somewhere, and this is Changeling Picard, why would this Changeling Picard go down with the ship? Um, and if it's not Jack that we're after, why go after this vessel anyway? Like, this is a uh, much ado about nothing here when you could just destroy the ship or you could just move on to whatever the actual goal is. So I, I'm not sure how to put all of those pieces together. Obviously, I'm trying to think of what to what they stole from Daystrom that would be that would you know outrank all of this. I I, I mean we we know Lore's going to be in it. Maybe it's well, Lore. yeah. I would say you don't think it's Moriarty. Lore, it's, yeah, I mean Earl is pulling for Peanut Hamper. Hamper's <laughs> not in Daystrom. How She's still know? out there. She's still She's active. Dangerous. She is a dangerous weapon who needs to be stopped. <laughs> and, and Badgie could be badgie. and Badgie. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so I, uh, man, I, I do hope that they keep us guessing. Uh, this is why I don't watch ahead, because I like doing this, and I like unpacking it with everybody with all these great calls. Um, I, I guess we'll have to see. Um, and Brandon, I appreciate it if, you've, um, if you have some contrary opinions. I feel like the negativity that I felt toward the first two stuck with me. And this one was a relief just because I was so involved in, well, I was very much involved in the drama between Picard and Beverly, but I was also just involved in kind of the mechanics of the story. And I liked the reveal. Oh, we got changelings now. We got all this interesting stuff. So I hope that I can continue to ride that wave of anticipation yeah. toward the next few. But I also hope we don't get too bogged down. I guess we will see. Can I interject yeah. a fun fact about one of the changelings? Please. So Titus Rika, we've yes. seen him before. Have we? We have. He was Where a baby. 
so Titus, uh, his, his the actor's name is Thomas Decker. He is Thomas Picard in Generation. So he's in the Nexus during the uh, he's he's a child. Yeah, during yeah. during the Christmas scene. And he was also Henry Berlay in Voyager, which it, he was a holodeck character, the, the, the two annoying children on the holodeck. Yes, yes. <laughs> so he was in uh, Learning Curve and Persistence of Vision. So this is his fourth appearance in Star Trek, but we've only ever seen him as a child. So it's, it's fun to see him as an adult. That's Even though he died, he's awesome. already dead. He's already gone. Well, and he, um, <laughs> uh, not as long ago, he was, uh, I thought, really good in the uh, overlooked, underappreciated Sarah Connor, <clears throat> sorry, Sarah Connor Chronicles on uh, TV. That was a cool show, and he was good in it. A show that got um, canceled terribly. Yep, yep. Got pretty done much. dirty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Brandon, any uh, final thoughts here before you move along? Uh, no, just that I think that, I mean, I think that you're right. It's We're going to it's going to depend on what we see as we, as we go. Cause there's a lot of stuff that like might seem really bad at first. Like where it's like, why is this happening? And then there's a great explanation down the road. Um, and I hope that that is what we get instead of the like, Oh yes, this is a really clever ruse. And then later it's like, Nope, that was it. Right. That would be right. unfortunate. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, well, thank you very much for your thoughts. I owe thank you, you an email too. So uh, one day I'll get <laughs> caught up. <laughs> All right. And uh, we will talk to you soon. And I learned my lesson about trying to eat delicious tasty cakes while on the air. I won't do that. All right. Take <laughs> care, Thanks, you guys. Take care. Have a good night. And uh, let's welcome Alan to the show. How's it going? Hey. Hey. John, Holly. <laughs> How are you tonight? Well, it's Monday which means it's mission log night. Yeah. And I guess we can all be glad it's not Wednesday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sure. Sure. We can be glad it's not which, Wednesday. Which, yeah. I mean, growing up, Wednesday is Prince Spaghetti night. So this is a big change oh. for me. Wow. Wait, look, you don't have to change that. Yeah. No. Yeah. Prince Spaghetti and beheadings. It's a, yeah. you know, it's a, it's a twofer. <laughs> I okay. Let me ask you this, uh, uh, both of you, because sure. I, I'm not I'm not giving away anything by saying that while on the Star Trek cruise, uh, there was discussion. I, I, I won't talk about context, but but there was some discussion, something about Worf's newfound pacifism, and I I, I raised my hand. I was like, it, it, is that? really the right word here like yes he drinks tea yes he does makbara yes he talks about working on himself but he also beheaded a dude killed two other <laughs> dudes joked about beheading the dude and then just blasted a changeling into adam that's that's the klingon side and the the other more passive side is the fact that he was raised by humans but that's always been the case, and this I is know. something new for Worf. It's like no. you found passive. This is like a vegetarian who said, "Well, Wednesdays are for steak," but mm. I'm a vegetarian. It's like no, you're just you're just trying to have it both ways here, you know. So, and look, don't get me wrong. I love, and I'm not the biggest fan of Worf. Uh, what? Yeah, I am not at all. I am not. Uh, all those years I, of Deep Space Nine. Huh? <laughs> I know. But but I really liked Worf in this episode because yes. the, the lines were spot on. They, they, they sounded like they were written by people who just loved the best of what they got out of Worf on DS9 and TNG. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I agree with that 100%. This felt like Worf dialed in precisely. 
And I think I've mentioned this before, but the Simpsons writers are fairly famous for putting Mr. Burns into episodes because they like writing for Mr. Burns. Right. <laughs> right. These right. writers like writing for Worf. I can feel it. Um, yes. yes. And then as far as the pacifism goes, uh, well, I, I don't know. I, this is kind of what I expected from, from, him coming into it based on the influences that seem to be present there which is you know 20 years older though like the, you yeah. know my friend that is like what if Riker is a changeling he's acting out of character I was like we're 20 years from the time that you really right. l- got super involved with Riker and all of these characters yeah people change them acting out of character for you 20 years later is neither here nor there. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, there, there's been so much dis- discussion about, you know, is this out of character for Beverly? Who knows? We Her whole there. life is different. She has another yeah. child that she's trying to protect. Yeah. 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 I don't think this is out of character for her at all. Um, and, I, you know, I, I think one of the interesting tells about Riker here, particularly to reinforce the conflict that he had with Picard, was that Riker has been through this situation with Thaddeus. He has been yeah. through mm. these complications with Deanna. So if anybody is going to stick to his guns about getting his crew to safety, it's going to be Riker this time. I mean, I yeah. I have no room to speak, but I can imagine mm-hmm. losing a child changes you yeah. as a person. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and, you know, I, I know that I, I definitely like to take shots at war for, uh, like, you know, being a terrible father. Uh, <laughs> I so, mean, that's uh, still know, probably the case. <laughs> being a terrible husband. Uh, you know, all these things come up every now and then. But... I do feel like we've gotten to kind of the core of what made Worf work as a character. And that isn't that different. At least the stuff that I like here is the stuff that I liked about Worf from 20, 25 years ago. It it is playing with that idea that he can be high-minded and philosophical, Mm -hmm. sometimes get it wrong. Sometimes he's he's definitely never self-aware about the jokes (laughs) or, or anything. But then he can just sort of justify something like, oh, I don't know, beheading a Ferengi. Um, yeah, say like, that. That's okay. Yeah, oh, choke slamming Scott. a dude through a table. Yeah, right. Right. It was all for the greater good. It was sure, sure. Come now, Raffaella. Yeah, Scott pointing out two marriages uh, for Worf, and then Mike <sighs> pointing out. Notice that father of Alexander was not on his CV. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <No. laughs> but I, also, but Worf, like, Worf lost both of his partners too like that yeah yeah yeah. he's a complicated character okay (laughs) he's he's got uh he's got layers he's got layers he Uh, does he does he's a klingon with layers i get it um what else uh what else you got tonight well we'll, i have uh, one to our next caller i have to ask because there's there is a bit of a a lag when you get logged into this part of the show Mm -hmm. brandon was talking about uh the possibility of picard being a changeling right yeah Mm -hmm. i mean at this point this possibility exists for anybody Yeah. yeah truly yeah good because on the 
on the official Mission Log Discord, yes. I posted a rather bonkers theory that I chose to leave blacked out in spoiler tags because I thought it was too crazy <laughs> and I didn't want people to, you know, accidentally get get going on on a on whatever wild goose chase I'm on. Yeah. But yeah, I think that's I think he is until proven otherwise. And my my feeling is the 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 changeling knocks out Jack, realizes that they're about to be found out, goes, sets up the bomb in the the warp core. Yeah. Then assumes the Picard identity comes up to the bridge. I think Riker knows it too. Because dun, dun, dun. Riker knows how long it takes to get from sick bay or to from the bridge to sick bay and back. Oh, we're we're snap. told that explicitly. Yeah, and so I think somehow he knows that Jack is better, and then all of a sudden Picard shows up at the bridge, and it's like, wait a second, how when did you leave? Mm. Mm, I don't. I don't think so. Do you think he's doing all of that math in the middle of getting attacked? I I think it's something that just occurs to him. I don't know if it's necessarily math, but just sort of like, oh wow, that you know, that's something that couldn't possibly happen. It's just sort of like a, you know, thing at the back of his neck. And then when mm. you know the you know the strike shows up and they get hit with the is it the Benny Hill gun or the Scooby Doo gun <laughs> that causes things to go from one side of the screen to the other? Um, yes. But uh, but yeah, I, I'm. And then yeah, once once that happens, I think he knows, and he throws Picard off the bridge because he knows that's not Picard, so that they can get down to business. Oh. The one. The one caveat is that the the shot of of the changeling planting the bomb happens after is shown after Picard is on the bridge for the last time. Right, right. I think that's a misdirect. Oh, you think that's a red herring, and that there's another? There's yeah, another. I, I mean, that we've already we've seen two yeah. changelings. I mean, that we got to get that test back, you guys. We got to get that <laughs> test from Deep Space Nine, and everybody mm. has to get tested. All right, yeah. instead, well, I Alan think coming it's, in yeah. hot with the speculation tonight. This is good. Yeah. By the way, uh, Nick Nick uh, DeGood says that the tell is that uh, Riker gets a tingle in his beard. Maybe. So, yeah, yep. that might be it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'll All right. just leave it there. Alan, incredible. Amazing. Thank you very much. I uh, yeah. really appreciate it. Looks like uh, we have one more caller left tonight, and that would be Tim. So uh, we will get Tim in here very shortly. Uh, oh, we did we... get, I, let yeah. me say this, oh, because this is something that we've said in the in the first two episodes, is I was like, where did Jack get his, uh, his accent? Oh, we finally yeah. get an answer oh, to that. Right, Although right. Beverly does trip over herself, and she's like, maybe it's genetic. And I was like, no, it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, boarding yeah. school. So yeah, yeah, yeah. A troublemaking uh troublemaking do gooder. That makes him a Gryffindor, right? <laughs> nice. Nicely said. All right, Alan, take care, man. Have a good one, guys. Be good. By the way, I, I do want to share one other comment here because uh as we were talking about Raffi and Worf, Scott Paul Mood sent me some notes earlier. Raffi and Worf, what a great team. I mm-hmm. have a new style choice, Klingon Casual. Uh and I 
fully support that. But he says also, I want to know what happened to Worf after the war. Um, I thought he was on the Klingon homeworld and assuming that Odo was the one who contacted him. Of course, well, he was, has to be. Was yeah. he still an ambassador then? I would think so. Yeah, I would still think that he would be ambassador to the Klingon Empire at that point. But then he says, how did he know that Worf was in Starfleet? But he, he doesn't have to. Um, he's not in Starfleet. He's a subcontractor. Yeah, yeah. He's a subcontractor. And Worf would have just been, yeah, ambassador at, at uh, Klingon. So mm. that's fine. Yeah. All right. Let's say hi to our final caller tonight. And that is Tim. Tim, welcome to the show. Uh, hi, everybody. John, Holly. Good to hi. be here. I am a very, very long-time listener and a very first-time caller, so thank you for having me. Welcome. Glad to have you. Thank you. Welcome. Yeah. What uh, what is on your mind tonight? I think it is very interesting that we keep coming back to the big Jean-Luc and Beverly chat, and I just wanted to add one thing to that conversation, because the the whole – it was phenomenally well – performed uh both characters had very good points but the thing that made me profoundly sad about it is if there's one thing we learned about these characters in next generation whether it's picard beverly Jordy, Worf, all of them it's that when they work together as a crew as a family in this case literally as a family they can accomplish anything we saw them do it 176 times in a row over seven seasons, it was one of the core tenets of that show. I feel like if Beverly had just talked to him, they would have figured it out. And that was the piece I kept coming back to that, uh, that, that it sort of betrayed what we knew about these characters. But as everyone has said, they have changed dramatically over the course of these 20, 25 years. Um, so that was my, that was my one takeaway from that from that conversation you know as you say that i think back to uh and you said you've listened to mission log for a long time maybe going back to next gen tos tos nice i think about a conversation that we had when we covered uh star trek six and i I, there's no question that both of us loved that movie and still love that movie but i was not as put off at just the premise that Kirk would have this racist reaction, this stereotype about the Klingons, going so far as to say, let them die. And that he's the one who needed to be brought back around to a more enlightened point of view, spearheaded in that movie by Spock, right? And and kind of living through an experience to go like, oh, okay, we, we need to get back to who we were and not be so old and inflexible as to have outlived their usefulness. And I wonder if what we saw in those sort of glory days of TNG of the team working together, and then they get split up, they have their own lives, they have other experiences. And maybe this is one of those times where the, the, the kind of emotional fear took over something else was a stronger factor for Beverly. And maybe this is one of those resets for her. Maybe this is one of those times where then she gets to live and relearn that lesson with them all. I mean, we are putting the team back together here. And I hope that through the course of the series, it's not just about physically putting them together, but it is about kind of rediscovering and re-embracing that found family. So it has to have meaning 
in order for them to get there. So I, I wonder if we're setting up something like that as well. I feel like by the time we get to the end of this, Beverly and Jean-Luc have to have a fresh meeting of the minds. I don't necessarily know that that needs to dip into like fan romantic fiction area, but but they'll have to be at a different place than they are now, you know? Um they they built a conference room into the back of the bridge set for a reason. At some point, we're going to get these six characters around yeah. that table, <laughs> and we're all going to weep openly because it will be so beautiful and glorious as That's we are it. reliving. Uh, we are reliving our our memories. So, um, I, I two two other quick points. I, I appreciated what Cherie said about there being a lot of characters on the show and we have more characters coming. It is a hallmark of Star Trek Picard to have too many characters and not enough <laughs> for them all to do. Ain't that the truth? Yeah. Uh, um, so we're not going to get all the pairings that we want, but if we do not get a Worf and Seven team up <gasps> of some kind, oh. and I don't think we've talked about Seven at all tonight. Yeah. These are characters with very diverse, tragic backgrounds. They are both strong-willed. They are both funny. We know Worf thrives around strong women. Both actors haven't lost a beat. I would like to see them paired up in some way on some kind of adventure, or maybe they're just in the mess hall having lunch. I don't know, but I want to see the two of them in a scene together. They're both characters that are torn between two worlds as well. For sure. Absolutely. I agree so much with you, Tim. That that could be its own spinoff. They should just have their own standalone episode at the very least. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Jerry um, Ryan has just she she has not had enough to do this season. She has killed every single moment she has had, and uh, that that she is a, a sort of a, a guest actor almost. Granted, the yeah. show is called Star Trek Picard. Uh, if somebody gets a spinoff out of this, it it ought to be yeah. it ought to be Jerry. Even a a two word sentence like "You're insane." She yeah, which destroys was, it. Yep. The delivery was great. She's awesome. And yeah, she, the, the, I, I always appreciate it. And we're in Voyager right now on regular mission logs. So we really get to appreciate uh, Kate Mulgrew's ability to do this. It's when you take away the dialogue and you just let the camera sit on that actor's reaction. And she is a master of that. And they're letting Seven get a lot of that in this season of Picard, where you don't have to get a lot of exposition because Seven of Nine in Voyager was all about like the misplaced lines or the you know inappropriate amount of techno babble or that. And in here you're really even deeper into the human character that she is. And you just have to get a reaction out of her to what else is going on. And it's it's always gold. It's always so good. Uh Tim, any final thought tonight? We'll uh, we'll say goodbye. Just just one last comment, and I need you both to help me decipher this feeling I'm having. Um, I don't know if it's an appropriate thought or not. Is it okay for us to do a changeling arc if we don't have Rene Aubergenois to appear in it? Uh, and I know we had a Worf reference to yeah. to Odo not mentioning him by name, and I know this isn't a continuation of Deep Space Nine. I just can't help but think this would be a richer arc with Renee appearing in it but you said it earlier John Star Trek goes on it goes on yeah. forever and uh we're not going to have these actors with us forever I 
sort of disagree with you from the standpoint of of can we do that character arc with or can we do the arc of not his character specifically but his mm-hmm. his species i i actually teared up because i felt like it was more of an homage to renee mm-hmm. rather than like sort of a disrespectful continuing of any sort of storyline with him involved in any way shape or form yeah so, I mean, what I love is when you get a reference like that, that is the polar opposite of the lower decks style reference where in lower decks, we do the thing and then we explain the thing and then we name everybody who is associated with that. thing. <laughs> and I thought there was a real elegant beauty in this of just worth saying my friend, that his friend told and uh, all we had to do as Star Trek fans was connect the dots in our heads. And I thought there was a real elegance to that. And you know what? If we see an image of Odo at some point down the road, I, I think that'll be fine. I honestly don't want it to go further than that because I had Renee in my head already yeah. when he said that. So homage is a great way to, to, yeah. to look at it. I love that. Yeah. So, well, thank you. Thank you for having me. This is great. Appreciate thank you so much. Let's do it again. Oh, cheers. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Take care. Bye-bye. Hey, and uh, before we say goodnight and uh, do the credits and all that good stuff, Alan mentioned it before the uh, Mission Log Discord, which is an exclusive perk of our Patreon. And Holly, we will get you in there for our live discussion sometime because look, it's Voyager and, you know, yeah. you got to come talk cast, right? <laughs> I have a lot of right. opinions about Voyager. I know you do. <laughs> all right. Uh, but you get to our Discord through our Patreon, which is patreon.com slash mission log go take a look you can support us at whatever support tier you feel fits you and then we will see you in the discord where the rest of the fun is happening 24 7 we will see you there and with that mission log live is produced by rottenberry entertainment technical production on mission log and mission log live by the indiscreet earl green be sure to visit podcast.roddenberry.com for the latest from roddenberry podcast if you'd like to support mission log directly give us a look at patreon.com slash mission log special thanks to my co-host holly who is always a wonderful guest here on mission log live thank you to everyone who joined us live or later we look forward to looking at the next episode of star trek picard with holly and norm on the next mission log live next monday night this is a roddenberry podcast for more great podcasts visit podcast.roddenberry.com